Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if I need to say anything to that. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 1222, 34.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she's a fool! She could have been recording this whole time! It's Ambassador Danae. It just works so well. Everything works so well, since I am a chaos monster. Yeah. I do love, like, the in TOS, the rare explosions of emotion that you get from Spock, because... Whenever Spock is emotional in Strange New Worlds, people are like, no, that's not Spock, he doesn't get emotional. I'm like, are you kidding? He berated himself for not hitting record on the tricorder. He was really upset with himself. Idiot! Yeah, Yeah. he was super mad. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all, I assume we've all had that moment in our lives where we were like, what was I thinking? Why didn't I do that? I think we all know somebody that, like, recording, like, your child's first steps or something. And they just, they hadn't hit the record button. Like I think everybody knows somebody that has a crucial life moment yeah. that was never recorded. Or they deleted it. You just gotta live with that. Like the hu- humans are dumb. We do dumb stuff. Yeah, we sure do. And that's why you're here, podcast listeners, to hear Ian and I do dumb stuff. <laughs> do dumb stuff. This is this is this is my favorite dumb thing that I do every week, though. Dumb. Dumb. Ten of these things. Ten of these things. Okay, we got a lot to get into. We have like a preface to do. For an episode that um, leads into this episode, Jesus. we have two emails to get through. A contact lens just tried to eject itself from my eyeball. Well, I fixed that. Let's do some emails. Emails. Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and well, email. Uh, to this week, we have a lovely email from Captain Matt. The USS Nova, NCC 73515. Oh my god, we have an actual captain? A fellow captain oh my has, god, I love has it. messaged me. Interception from another... In, in, wait, inter, inter, wait what? no, what's the word? Whoa. Transmission from another ship. Um, Matt says some lovely um, things about the podcast. Uh, absolutely loving the podcast. Been a closet fan, a uh, Star Trek fan for the past 10 years. And only just been rewatching all of the greats, um, starting from Enterprise. I thought he was going to say he was a start like a closet fan of our show, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I would love it that we've only been around for three years and we have like closet fans. <laughs> it's just like, I'm too shy. I, I feel it's like totally in keeping. Like, wow, we've arrived with a closet fan. <laughs> yeah, we have people that are embarrassed to like us. Oh That's God. amazing. That's great. Your show has been the perfect companion to my commute home, household chores, and while I'm at work. Thank you, Matt. That's amazing. Are we a safe thing to listen to while at work? Well, he, he does say he regrets sometimes listening when I screw up pronunciations and a giggle escapes at work. And then, like, you, we've all done that. You listen to something at work if you're if you're in a public space or something. And for some reason, laughing out of nowhere gets a lot of stares from people. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you don't, if you're a closet Star Trek fan, you don't really want to say what you're listening to. Plus, yeah, you don't want to expose even yourself. if you aren't a Star Trek fan maybe you don't want to admit that you're listening to this podcast so then you have to just make something up like oh i just thought of a joke that i <laughs> well, that's, that's the best isn't it like what are you listening to star trek podcast oh you like star trek i haven't seen a single episode nope nope and we do have people that do that you are do you think we it's still have people listen to the show who don't watch star trek 
I I think at this point they've all seen at least one episode of Star Trek. Let us know if I we're wrong. I would wager. Tell us if we're yeah, wrong. Please do. I'm really curious. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Check out the outtakes for the multiple email addresses you can send that to. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt continues and says he's also a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Hell which yeah. made Woo-woo. me want to bounce into, do you think that you have enough knowledge to do a Dungeons and Dragons style game themed with Star Trek? Could you do that? Me? That's not a question from Matt, that's a question from me. Oh, hell yeah, I could. Yeah, what would you do? Spare of the moment, where would you set it? Holodeck. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, but... <laughs> well, kind of, I don't know if I need to say anything to that. We are the Holodeck ambassador! <laughs> it's a We're great just gonna, idea! I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into my imagination... To then use another imagination mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you're you adding an unnecessary step. Oh, no, 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 no. It's great. It's great. Because then I can play mm-hmm. D&D the way that I know how to play D&T while also being in space because technically I'm on the holodeck. Oh, so you would do it like how Lower Decks did it. How did Lower Decks do it? Oh, they, they played like, it was like Batlefs and something. And they're all sat around the table and Boimler has got like the Klingon um, like prosthesis on. And they're all playing Dungeons and Dragons around the table. And I think Martok is like the dungeon master on the on the video game. No, 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 no. You go into the holodeck as your mm-hmm. character. I would have them LARP, essentially. Just LARPing. So like you'd be sitting, like in real life, you'd be sitting at my table. But in your imagination, they they are their character. And then I either have already told them that they're technically on a starship. Or I would reveal it as a secret mm. towards, kind of like you did with your campaign. Yes, that would be a that would be fun. And see their eyes get big. Like, what do you mean? There's a sound. Whoop, 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 whoop. What what is whoop, that? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, you whoop, hear. You whoop, keep whoop, hearing whoop. that sound. And you're also hearing. You're also hearing this. And you look over, and there's a door that just keeps opening and closing, and there's light on the other side. And yeah, it's in the middle of the air. Yeah, that's every episode on the holodeck ever. The door just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's they can go investigate or they can stay in their fantasy. I don't know. No, oh, I love it. That oh, that's so many options. That's yeah. amazing. They don't want to go. They don't want to go over there and look at it. That's fine. We'll we'll go like eat some shrooms on the holodeck. Yeah, do it. I wonder if holographic shrooms would work. They would. I'm sure they would. Oh no, I, I love. I, I, they'd be real. Yeah. Oh, you'd be putting like no, the, these ones, not the replicated because ones. Because Q is yeah, playing with them. They just don't know it yet. Oh, Q is there. Oh mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. that's my NPC. Too- yeah, this is why D&D doesn't work with Star Trek. It's too broken. <laughs> I thought you were going to say with Danae, because it is also too broken when you play with Danae. <laughs> yeah, it is also too broken when you play with Danae. Do you it's remember a when, we were, yeah, huh? when we first became friends and you were talking to me about my D&D campaign and yes. I was like, so I introduced time travel. <laughs> You're like, what? What did you do? Why did you she break your a, game? Introduced a time warp where <laughs> she showed bits of the future. And I'm like, you that you got to keep track of that shit now. I did, too. And like, it was fucking awesome. Did. Anyway, go on. Sorry, sorry. No, yeah, it was amazing. I love that I'm there in the game. They don't know why until the sound effects start. I'm literally just there to do the Star Trek sound effect. Yeah, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. And you get to play Horda. Oh, I'm in. I'm all the way in. There's a carpet that appears. <laughs> it's moving. It's not a carpet. There was a man in a in an outfit that he made himself to get the gig. It was a fucking okay. rug, and you know it. Yeah, and he nailed that rug. He <laughs> he he. That I would have that rug in my house every day. <laughs> oh my god! All day. Just people. <laughs> people <laughs> dirty. It's the dirtiest looking thing. 
No, but this is the beauty of it. It's actually like a Roomba rug. So it, like, it actually oh cleans the God. house. It, like, How fucking smart would it be if we made like a little attachment you could add at the top oh. of your existing Roomba to make it look like a baby Horta? Horta, that would be a little baby Horta. I know your mom has one of these. We need to do it. Okay. Or but make we, it a triple. But we make can't. We can't triple. tell our audience because then you know. Okay, my mom also knows how to crochet, so we're like ninety five. This is gonna happen. I was gonna say we need. To, I thought you were gonna say we need to not tell your mom, and so we just, she just turns up. And was like, what is that? What is that on my floor? Okay, well that too. We can't tell my mom. That's true. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give her our idea for the horta costume, and she's just gonna be like, "So you just want me to crochet a pile yes, of this." art like looking like weird looking like, like a pile Oils. of yeah hernias <laughs> hernias and um polyps yeah polyps yeah dingleberries. We look very yeah. like that and then and then a, a massive suction it's cup on the bottom we yes. just sew it ourselves yes. perfect it's so it's oh gonna happen we could also make it we could also do one that's a tribble and just have it be like a big puff ball and you can put yeah. it on top we can't tell people this is a great idea. This is a great... We take all of this out of all the of show. It. We're going to trademark it Fuck. and okay. just get Paramount p- permission to license it somehow. No, we'll, we'll have to call PBS. it the Ho- like the Hoover to, or like some yeah, change the name. Can, we'll just call it a Hoover. That hasn't been taken. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Listen, no. we're workshopping on the fly we'll work, and we need to get yeah. back to the show. Okay, go, go, go. Matt also sent us an adorable picture of his number one. This is little baby... And the first thing they did when they came home is watch season three of Star Trek, uh, of Picard. It's adorable. Adorableness. Um, I don't know why I said we'd have time for two emails, because I should have known that we would be tangentifying all over the place. So the email we were going to do today, we will do the, the, don't say the second it. email Listen, we were going to do today, we'll do it next week. You can't say that. You don't well, know. I know we're going to do emails next week. You, but you don't know which one, because there might be one that comes in that supersedes this one. What you're, what, what you well, need to say I didn't is specify like if we, what if the we second don't one cover was. it, if we don't cover it, then we'll cover it next week, or we'll cover it in a upcoming um mailbag because we need to do a mailbag. Yeah, we need to do a mailbag episode at some point. We have enough now. Cool. Thanks, Matt. And thanks, Matt. Leaving the shuttle bay. Give your give your little number one a pat pat for us. Little bop, little boop boop. Okay, ambassador. This week, we're continuing the unconventional love theme with a trip back to Deep Space Nine and looking for Pachmach in all the wrong places, which is the dumbest title in the world. It's so long. It's such a long... And I've had to Google it 17 times this week. Before we get into it, it is a follow-up to an episode in Season 3 called The House of Quark. And I've tried to succinctly put together a little synopsis of just what you need to know before we get into this episode just really 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 quick are you ready uh, yeah i think so yeah mm-hmm. i'm nervous this one i'm nervous about this one so go on these are the crucial bits you need to know quark accidentally kills a klingon in a bar fight and uh, by kill wait by kill i mean the the he's trying to get the klingon to leave the klingon is annoyed and irritated. They get into a kerfuffle. The Klingon falls down and stabs himself. This sounds so, very much like being stabbed like when the doctor stabbed himself last week. It's very, very similar. They get into a tussle, they roll around, Klingon stabs himself. Business is low at the bar, so Cork claims this as self-defense and says, I killed him in self-defense. It was a fantastic victory. 
I battled this Klingon, and people come flooding to hear the story of the Ferengi that killed Little did he know that Kozak, who is the Klingon, is the head of a powerful family in the Klingon Empire. His brother comes along to find out how did his brother die. And Quark says, he died in honourable combat with me. And Kozak's brother is like, cool, that's great. I'm out of here. Glad he died with honour. Then Kozak's wife, Kozak is the dead Klingon, his wife, Grilka, comes along and says, I don't believe you, Ferengi. There's no way that you killed my husband. Tell me now or I'm going to kill you. And he basically owns up and says, it was an accident. I didn't do it. I'm so, so sorry. She's happy, kidnaps Quark, goes back to the Klingon homeworld and marries him immediately in a really, really quick ceremony. The reason for that is that the dead Klingon's brother is trying to take over the house. And the only way he can do that is if the Klingon died in honourable victory. If he died dishonourably, then there's this special rule that means Grilka, the widow, can take over the house. They get into this argument about who wants to run the house. The brother is doing shady shit with, like, bribing people and is being dishonourable about taking over the house. Quark agrees to help Grilka expose the financial shadiness that the brother is doing, and then they get into a fight, and Grilka is very, very happy. They get a divorce, Grilka takes over the house, and Quark goes back to Deep Space Nine. Okay. Does that make sense? I don't think we have time to decide if it makes sense, but let me just tell you what I need to know before this episode. Yeah. Quark is Klingon royalty? He technically was the leader of a powerful Klingon house for a hot minute and then got divorced. But still probably considered royalty. Um, And that's the whole point of what you just said. Yeah, Quark gets married to a Klingon and then divorced and, and does her a favor. And that's the most important part going into this yeah. one is that Quark is royalty. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. You can say it again, but it's still not. <laughs> cool. Well, let's head over to the holiday and watch the episode. We'll see you in 10 forward for a full debrief. Welcome to Quarks, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what is your beverage of choice? Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Ooh, prune juice. Blood wine. Prune. Okay. Yes, we did it. You can have blood wine. I'll have prune juice. Oh, vice versa. Nope. Whatever. <laughs> Warriors of Klingon. Warriors of drinks of record. Give us a synopsis. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um... In today's episode of Deep Space Nine, we learn that the writers are horny and they <laughs> they really want to explore Did you look? Some Did you look? Did you look? Interesting, you look? Uh, interesting things look. that that you know maybe you're not used to seeing in your Star Trek. Do you want to know about love triangles? Is this the episode for you? Do things that you should know before watching this episode that you were not told before watching this episode? This is before Worf and Jadzia got married. That does, Most- <laughs> that does give us a little bit more context going into today's episode that it's not actually two love triangles happening simultaneously, but you know what it could be? We don't know. Uh, things that also that you didn't know before this episode is you could be forked in the face, and that's love, because that is what did the damage to Warp's face at the end, right? There was just clearly- A lot of been, fork face. You've been fork forked. Yeah. 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 Um, Aggressively. Yeah. That, that's what you need to know about today's episode. So, I did give you some background. I explained a little bit about the House of Quark. I forgot 
to mention a couple big things. Couple Ian. big things. So let, we'll get into no, that no, in let, a minute. Let me tell you mm-hmm. what you didn't mention before watching yes. this episode. Yes, what go you for it. did yeah. tell me is about Quark's background, which is covered in this episode. Which I forgot that they cover that. It's but amazing. What you yeah. didn't tell me is anything about O'Brien. And you didn't mm-hmm. tell me that this happens before Worf and Jadzia are married. So I watched almost the entire... I watched until they battle each other and they had sex. That is when so I when realized the- that they were not actually married. So when Worf is like lusting after Grilka and trying cool to seduce it. her. I actually thought- was like, Jadzia is fucking cool. Look at her. She's <laughs> not even phased by this shit. Polygamizing. Let's do it. Fair. We've got polygamy over here. We've got, po- we got, we've yeah. got a tr- triangle affection baby thing well that leans here. onto the the other thing i didn't tell you about didn't tell yeah. me to be fair i forgot that because that b plot is completely just like superfluous essentially i forgot i haven't seen this episode in a long time so i actually rewatched house of cork just to get caught up on that but forgot that there's this kira being pregnant b plot affection storyline going on totally forgot about that and it just made me remember that it all fits into the unconventional love theme even better. So audience at home, well done for picking this. It I definitely ticks the unconventional love box. In So many boxes are getting ticked in this episode. I have just that in my notes because we, we went to some places today that I'm like, yes, this is the perfect uncondition- unconventional love. Yeah, Potentially it really unconditional? is. No, 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 no. Potentially, this no. is super unconventional on super every unconventional. level. We have like interspecies going on on yes multiple relationships. We have yeah like a a woman having other people's baby and yeah. them being attracted to each other and just realizing it and attempting to avoid having an affair. We have Worf wishing that he could be with this super badass Klingon Hell woman yeah. while Jadzia, like, I guess was hinting the whole time. This is what's blowing my mind because I literally watched this episode thinking that they were already married. So now the whole episode yeah, shifts that completely for me. changes everything, everything if you don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, I apologize. So I, I thought that like, was going to be obvious. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, so... I don't know if I like her because I really liked her. I was like, man, she's so like chill. Yeah. Like, what a strong woman to be like, yeah. Oh, and she would, she, of course they'd the be record, attracted to that. For the record, she would. I think she would be super chill with that. Like okay. She would be super chill with that if all cards were on the table and she was talking about it. But it's not a super jazzier episode. She kind of takes a bit of a, a backseat. But before we get into specifics, overall thoughts and feelings, just what was your vibe for the episode? Did you enjoy it? And then we'll get into some specifics. Yes, I did enjoy this episode. It was very, it was a lot. Yeah. This was a lot. But what I liked about this episode, again, kind of being plopped into the middle of all of these existing kind oh, of bits the, the of Dominion story. Oh, the Dominion War, the pregnancy. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on. Worf being dishonored. I'd forgotten about that. So I feel like I, you know, I'm at a disadvantage for sure. But I think what I liked about it was the immersion in this set and I got to see mm. a lot of people, and I got to see a lot of places. A lot of the space station, yes. I did think that, too. Yeah, there was, like, oh, my God. I got to see Worf sing opera. I mean, it was such a good day. <laughs> there were some great moments. I was like, oh, today's going to love I that we're getting it. more. Worf in Deep Space Nine <laughs> is night and day from Worf in TNG. Like, he is so much more developed um, in, in this series. He gets yeah. a lot more screen time. So I'm... 
I'm having a fun time because there's all this stuff going on. I also really think that Quark is a brilliantly interesting character. And then to have this beautiful Klingon woman and tradition and this like conflict between the wharf that could have been and then the human wharf that was kind of at play Mm -hmm. in this episode. So no matter what was happening in front of me, there was, I was, don't get me wrong, I was very uncomfortable through many parts of this episode Uh because I didn't know what was going to be going on. But I also sort of was like giving chops to them because they're addressing that there is a relationship that is potentially blossoming between O'Brien and Kira. Did I get her name right? Uh, Yeah, Kira. Correct. Yes. Technically, you're using her surname, which is fine. And then they're like, they're like, but we don't want to go here. When she at the end of the episode just like get get out like go I was so happy right now yeah because thank you that's great that's great yeah the B plot is actually man it's so hard because halfway through the episode I was like I hate this so much everything is uncomfortable everything (laughs) is cringy I don't like anything that's happening why in the middle of the Dominion War are we wasting our time doing this. But then the second half of the episode is so much better because you you have that weird love triangle with Kira and um, O'Brien overlapping their feelings and trying to distinguish closeness from actual love. Then Worf and Jadzia and Quark and Grilka and the combat to death and stuff. And that like that's the that's the better part for me. But to get there, the setup is so painful. It's so hard. Yeah. So. Besides my kind of silly, like, synopsis of the episode, in this episode, Quark is essentially revisited by his ex-wife and and essentially kicks off another battle, but this time he really has to battle. And- yeah, because, so I didn't tell you this, but in the house of Quark, he, the, the brother of the Klingon that he kills, Grilka's widow, that brother says, this is bullshit. I'm not going to be undone by you, Quark. I battle. I'm going to fight to the death with you. And Quark like, says, I'll do it. And then throws away his sword, as Quark says, and basically says, you can kill me, but it will be cowardly. I'm just a Ferengi. And then Gowron steps in and saves the day. So there's a lot. And Gowron is the head of the Klingons. So there's this person there that's like, we're not going to do this. Fuck off. You're dishonorable. It's fine. Yeah. So that felt like, I felt like I was kind of, following that part the o'brien mm-hmm. stuff is confusing as fuck but that's okay uh the jazia stuff woo, i don't know what's going on but the i think they did a really good job with like in this episode setting the stage for quark and this was clearly yeah. the quark episode this is quark clearly is so great i love quark so he's much so good he he as it's much so as fun. wolf is to klingons quark is to the ferengi like he i hate to say this but he humanized them like he made them more relatable, believable, and gave them so much more depth and complexity, which is interesting because I think he's the first Ferengi that we see on screen in TNG. But in that episode, he's playing a different Ferengi and he's all like Weasley and they're all just like claws and shit. And he's just like, I apologize. That's not what the Ferengi were meant to be. And this is what the Ferengi are. And he's he's the absolute highlight of this episode he's so good yeah he was really fun i think that what this episode is about if i was to try to kind of tell somebody what to expect is this is the episode where quark uh really wants to date his Mm ex-wife and so oh what's the 
What's the famous play with the guy that is really good and poetic and he feeds the lines to someone else? Oh, Cyrano? Yeah. Is it Cyrano? Maybe that's it. Cyrano, it is. They recently made a movie with English. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cyrano. This yeah. had that vibe going for it pretty major. Oh, you know? it's 100% a parody of that. It's, yeah. it's, I haven't done the research, but it is 100% riffing off that. But the, the interesting parts here is that it's Worf wrestling with his desire to be like full Klingon, honorable, able to be with this strong woman. And instead, he's giving his best dating advice to Quark, who he does not respect. And that yeah. was an interesting kind of angle of this episode as well. And then you have Quark, who is, and I still am not quite sure what the episode is going to say about this. I don't, I'm kind of curious what you think, but does Quark really want to be with her? Or because he does say at some point that he likes to obtain. It's my wealth? favorite. It's my it? favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Um, valuable things. Valuable things. Basically. Yeah. And it's one of it's it's one of the this was the cusp of the ep- of the episode saving itself for me is when Grilka and um, Quark have come out of the hollow suite and she's like why are you doing this and he's like I like to obtain valuable things and I want to I want to obtain you and she's like you sound like a Ferengi and he's like well done lady I fucking am and instead of like taking that as an insult he's like this is me I want you because of how you are as a Klingon and your customs and you're powerful and you're amazing. And it's in my genetics to want these things. And he's kind of just like, I'm not even going to say this is love or that this is a romantic thing, but you're incredible and I want to to improve myself by having this incredible, valuable thing. And I love that so much because it this story does keep Klingon love and Ferengi love and then how that mashes together. And it's just, it's so interesting because like you could use Star Trek to explore cultural things on earth but you've got two cultures that you've invented and then thinking what if you mesh them together how does that work and that's that's where the episode like uh, really sings for me yeah I, I feel like this episode did a lot there was a lot going on because they had quark and lady klingon grilka, grilka. they had her then they had Dax, Judzia, or whatever her name is, and Worf. And then they had O'Brien and his wife and his surrogate. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have like all the in-between scenes of like O'Brien with Doctor and Kira with Odo. And so they're, they they have a lot that they're doing. And so and that's probably the part I didn't like about the episode is I feel like because there was so much going on, we almost didn't explore enough of me understanding if Quark really is interested in her because Mm -hmm. the show is saying she came because she needed to have like help. She is having a resource situation due to uh, this ongoing war. And she tells Quark this and Quark is like, I can take a look at your finances for you. And she's like, okay, but that doesn't really even kind of go anywhere. Like what did he discover? It's just an excuse. It's just an excuse for why she's on the space station. So she's there for these, war talks that are happening between the federation and the klingons Um, and at the end of the episode i'm not really sure it's like the it's like the show wanted to say this is how we're going to get Worf and jadzia together rather Mm. than showing us what happens with quark and Yeah. and so that was for me a little bit lacking because i was watching this incredible performance 
um with quark and i'm mm-hmm. i'm on the edge of my seat in a way going does he really like her or is this all for show what happens obviously now yeah. they've like made it and they're going to be going to the next level or something but then that doesn't nope. even play out do, do Sorry, we ever we, see them again like what, we never see Grooker again never oh mentioned my again. god are you kidding to, me it's been a while but to my knowledge it's not mentioned ever again they do the thing and then she leaves to go and and do do whatever the 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 you're, you're absolutely right the interesting thing is that this does um propel the wharf and dax relationship and storyline and that continues onwards but the cork and grilka thing nope. that's such a shame <laughs> that yeah. is such a shame because uh-huh. this episode to me and i get it like we are going to have our favorite characters and maybe quark yeah. isn't the one we want to focus on but to me that was the that was kind of the, the he started a relationship under false false pretenses. He didn't know all of the things that attracted them together. I would love to see this play out in a way where mm-hmm. Quark is found out. Or maybe she actually likes his Ferenginess. Um, there's a hilarious yeah, I... speech he makes in the middle of their death battle. You oh, know, it's so good. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. The ocean. The deep ocean and the kelp of despair. Like, I'm... I'm, yes, watching, I'm talking now. I'm watching this going, I want to see how this plays out. And and she's leaning into it, like, no, let's let's listen to his, you know, how he is. Let's listen, let's understand his customs. And um So funny. And as a as a brand new viewer, I'm like, is the right of proclamation something that's real or not? I don't I don't know. I don't think it is. No, from, I think it's utter bullshit. As it goes on, I th- I thought it was pretty evident this is all bullshit, but I want to see this play like play out um more. But the episode does not return well i guess it returns to them because we see them fucked up in in the like with the 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 doctor like they're yeah, all we know that they get it on but i think that's kind of part of me is like that's kind of it for where the story goes like the story unless you're gonna really entwine grilka into deep space nine a bit more i think that's kind of as far as the story can go because quark is going to be on deep space nine doing his thing that that's what happens grilka is going to be she's running a really powerful house now and could eventually have a seat on the council i think that's kind of in terms of the show in deep space nine i think that's as far as the story needed to go with them i guess i kind of think it's perfect maybe so i kind of think it works what i what i took away from this episode is that i think the house of quark is a better episode i think we should watch (laughs) at some point we should watch that but that's um but seeing them start off is really fun but because so while Worf is listening to quark get it on with grilka who he liked he yes. kicks off a relationship with dax who he didn't know he liked completely oblivious that she was interested in him right so it's like she initiates this mating sequence with him and then they choke each other out they have kinks it's great whatever and then <laughs> While they're in the recovery room, all battered and bruised and such, she's they're figuring out what the next steps to their relationship would be. And he says, well, you know, according to tradition, we need to get married now, which mm. then means that that would be the same for Quark and Grilka. Like, according to custom, yeah, it's go time, custom. brother. Like, yeah. you need to come over here and rule the world with me. And it would solve potentially a lot of problems because he's great mm. with finances. It's true. The interesting thing is that Grilka isn't super traditional. Oh, no, she is traditional, but she shouldn't technically be running her own house. It's these special circumstances that she's taking advantage of to be the head of her own house. So I think she's okay to 
let the tradition of marrying go to one side. I also don't think she could get away with marrying a Ferengi. But what's interesting is Worf, like Worf in TNG would have been like, we're getting married, like end of story, this is happening. I really like seeing him in DS9 where he's more like, well, we're going to have a conversation about it now. And it shows that he's like really evolved and has, is finding the bits of Klingon culture that he really likes and clinging on to that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. being more myself. flexible. On, <laughs> yep, heard it as I said it. <laughs> and being more flexible with the stuff that makes less sense. Yeah, I, I guess I can, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't have a lot of the same context because I didn't watch all of Deep Space Nine. Um, and that it was about, like I said, this part of the episode where I was very confident that Worf and Dax had not been together yet. Like when she starts the whole fight sex sequence at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, they're not, they're super not together. This isn't a question. Yeah, like a this ling- is brand new. It started yeah. off, they are together and then it got less and less confident. And at that point, I was 100% sure. So when he's talking about the openness to shifting traditions when they're in the recovery room, I'm then thinking about the episode I watched of them getting married and the tenseness of tradition versus flexibility. And maybe the Mm -hmm. show again, playing on Worf attempting to understand his place in all of these different spaces. But it was hard to watch him suffer in this episode. Like now that I know he wasn't pine after Grilka. Yeah. Well, more than just pine after Grilka. Like now that I know he wasn't already happily with someone, Right. I gotcha. started this episode genuinely thinking that they're together and then this woman comes along and he is just almost instinctively Drawn overcome. to a Klingon. Yeah. Yeah. And like coming face to face with the parts of him that are not as fulfilled with Jadzia. And I was like, oh shit, this episode's going deep. Yeah, that would be interesting. Her reaction was so fulfilling because I thought that's what was happening because mm. Uh, how great to not insert your own ego in that moment and and say yeah you don't you can't look at girl because you're with me but instead yeah. go well it's pretty clear you're in love with her man like let's are you okay let's let's talk about man, it what a different way to watch this episode i'm it was so a sorry bit of a mind fuck. i thought we mentioned it last week that's so yeah that I completely mean, changes did. the tone but that was that's a week so ago <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was a long time ago. A lot has happened since then. But the, yeah, that's really interesting. So it wasn't just him. Now that I can look back on it more clearly and know that it wasn't that wasn't what the writers were playing with. That it was specifically who he is as a Klingon. That yeah. he went to ten forward or whatever they call it on the space station and mm, like the promenade initiated this right to date sequence. <laughs> That included chucking some poor guy out of his seat. Poor Morn. Insulting her right-hand man and demanding yeah. attention and then being called to school by, like, oh, old Gramps Klingon and being yeah. crushed. That is... That part of Worf makes my heart hurt because that, yeah. clearly he is still wrestling with who he is in the world and his desire to be considered a true Klingon, you know, he does know tradition. He does know what a Klingon woman wants. He does want to have that same right. And because of all this other pomp and circumstance going on in this other storyline with O'Brien, we really didn't get to explore that either. Yeah. It's, man, there is, this is, and this is one of the things that the networks in particular wanted to avoid with doing serialized stuff. Because as a bottle episode, this barely 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 works because there's so much context that you're missing like they do a great job of making it 
entertaining and explaining what they need to do. But if you just jump into this episode, you don't know about the the Dominion War. You don't know that Worf has been exiled from the Klingon Empire for the second time. You don't know about the Nera pregnancy. Um, there's so there's so much that you don't know, and it is. But you're right. That part of the episode is heartbreaking to me because. Like, Worf's journey, like, during TNG, he gets excommunicated, and then he gets brought back into the Empire, and then in Deep Space Nine, it happens again because he stands for what's right and refuses to back Gowron, so they kick him out of the Empire again, and for, like, two years or longer than that, he's dealing with being an outcast and a pariah while still trying to, like, embrace his Klingon heritage. It's like... Man, the dude goes through so much. I feel like what the writers now, again, having just watched it and kind of reflecting as we go here, but I feel like what the writers are doing now is that mating initiation sequence between Jadzia and Worf at the end is her finally saying, I like you, let's do this. And him being like, fuck yeah, let's go. And then the the potential reflective regret maybe afterwards like maybe we should uh, (laughs) everyone's horny everyone's horny don't make decisions while you're horny um but maybe it was also an attempt to sort of show that Worf is reconsidering his strength and who he is and that he has a perfectly good partner right beside him because i really enjoyed watching jadzia be there's this the scene where they take quark to train him and it's like her and like she's in there just killing and battling yeah. and she's wearing kind of like that uh the, robe, the klingon robe the yeah like the little animal fur thing and then quark's yeah. all dressed up i fucking love that so much that scene might be <laughs> one of my favorites quark with a bat left is just absolutely priceless <laughs> it's, so, it's funny. so good and he's over there and he's like this is uh, i am covered in blood there's blood in my yeah. shoes <laughs> and i loved that so much but in that scene you have like, it was so fucking cool you've got Worf sort of watching them battle and obs- assessing their prowess and now upon reflection jadzia is just showing her stuff like she's badass yeah. Yeah, and great she's, pairing. Like how she speaks Klingon and her knowledge and her ability. Like I was super excited about that. And she's teaching Quark, and Quark is like, "This is a lot," and it was <laughs> hilarious and also impressive. So by the time we get to the end, I am firmly confident that Jadzia not only knows, you know, about Worf's heritage, but that Worf mm-hmm. respects her because he's seen her in all these different circumstances. It's almost like he finally sees her. He's like, he's like, oh shit, yeah. like you are a good partner for me because you're this strong person. And having watched the marriage episode, she can stand her own against you know anybody yeah. without really too much fear. I mean, not very respectfully, but maybe no. And it makes it makes sense. It's such a clever way to use the Dax character because. One of her previous hosts, we know this from previous episodes, hung out with some really powerful Klingons like 80 to 60 years ago. So she was like embedded in Klingon culture for a long, 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 long time. So it's not just that she's somebody that's researched it. She's lived like a Klingon more than Worf has. So it's it's a pairing them up is a really, really, really clever pairing. Like she he has more to learn about Klingon culture from her than she does from him. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. 
Yeah. Like the scene where now again, upon reflection, very, very interesting. The scene where uh Cork comes and he's like, I need your help. I'm gonna go over to her apartment tonight. And and she's like, Okay, so da 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 and Worf is just like really dealing with his jealousy. And mm. then he's like, You're gonna go in there with a big raw piece of meat and you're gonna wipe the table with it. <laughs> then you're yep. gonna eat it. Uh, it we will <laughs> eat. <laughs> and you're gonna say these words and it's it's it was fun. That part was fun too. Like I don't, I really. That's why this episode was was really delightful. Let's talk about the awkwardness of the O'Brien situation, though, because oh my goodness, I am super okay with not knowing everything about the story. I think I can kind of piece it together, right? Like he and his wife can't have a baby, and so they need a surrogate. No. Oh. So uh, for okay. anybody <laughs> that, so not just for the ambassador, but for anybody else that may not be familiar with Deep Space Nine and jumped in with us for your benefit. Um, there is, obviously O'Brien and Keiko are married. Sorry, yeah, O'Brien and Keiko are married. There's a tran- there's a an accident in a shuttle, I believe. They have to like, as an emergency, transfer the baby out of Keiko and into Kira's womb. I'm sorry. Hold on. So she can carry the baby to term. Hold, hold on. Hold on. I think. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So they're all in a shuttle together. Yeah. Something goes wrong. Yeah. Keiko's hurt. Yeah. Her womb specifically not going to be wombie much longer. Yes. She's going to live. Wombie won't live. And and there is a ch- how how far along? Do you remember how far along? I can't remember. Yeah, I I think it's m- months. Like it's not like immediate beam the baby into Kira she explodes. Like it's still quite small. But yeah, they definitely perform a baby transplant and put the baby into Kira. That's not because... how that works. That's not how that fucking works. Hey, it's the 24th century. Of course, that's how it works. You just beam that baby in and out. Um, but but it's pretty the, early on in the pregnancy. Yeah, the womb. No, the womb is a whole like that's a whole like space. It's not like you can just take a baby and then just like it's already attached itself <laughs> to another species, no less. Into another Kira isn't human. Being. Into an alien. <laughs> Anyway, they figure out a way to make it work, mainly because the actor that plays Kira, um, Nanar Visitor, was pregnant. And they wanted a natural and organic way to explain her pregnancy without tying her to somebody in particular. So they gave her the O'Brien's baby. <laughs> so now they live together oh in this like throuple thing where they're looking after the Kira until she has the baby. But it's essentially a surrogate situation, yes. <sighs> That's the bottleness of that. And I always found it a little bit odd that they fall in love in this episode and then never mention it again. I'm like, that's a really interesting arc and I can see it happening, but it's almost too playful. I kind of like want them to do the grown up thing and explore it and talk about it because like all this episode teaches you to do is to bury the emotions. And it's like, that doesn't mean you don't love Keiko. It's just something you should perhaps talk about. No. I don't know. No, you no, bury, bury that it, shit bury deep. <laughs> yeah, bury that shit deep. But one of my favorite bits of the episode is when Keiko is when Kira is describing the, the cottage. It's like it gets worse. There's a view of the lake. It's just describing the, of most the river romantic. from every window. Yes. There's two balconies. There's two balconies. Uh-huh. There's a, there's That's a hot so tub. Yeah. You're not allowed in unless you're actually in the process of making love. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So what we have here is a situation where O'Brien is, they're all living together now. I'm I'm presuming because as Kira is progressing in pregnancy, they're very invested and they all want to be together as a group. Correct. Yeah. They want to be a part of the pregnancy. Yeah. 
And so there's a closeness there. There's a caring for each other there. There's a community vibe going on. And then O'Brien and Kira sort of realize that they have a deeper connection and it freaks them out. Mm -hmm. And they both are trying to take a step away from that without causing weirdness. Here's my question. Correct. Yes. Do they keep the storyline going of this awkward? I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure it's been a while, but I think they kill it here. I think that I think because I'm pretty sure she gives birth either like the next episode or in a couple of episodes. Like it's pretty, pretty soon. This was her maternity leave episode. This is when she's like, bye, everybody. I'm going to be back with a baby. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. That's I'm glad. Honestly, I'm glad because. Yeah. It wasn't. Listen, people get attracted to other people and that's life. Like and I'm super excited to see anybody try to explore the complexity of of that i like how they handled in this where it's Mm -hmm. like we we're not we're not exploring this there's so much there's so much going on right now we're not starting a relationship we're not gonna we're just gonna be saying cool we have something in common we're moving on um i actually really really liked that and again my favorite was when she's like get out get out miles go let me be clear because it was over like, they're like yep yeah we've avoided awkwardness Lingering. and he's like but wouldn't it have been cool and i'm like jesus o'brien stop it o'brien stop being horny Fucking for two minutes Beam yourself out of there man get out i do love like odo is used beautifully in this episode like when he gets a chance to be cheeky and kind of oh so it's miles now and just <laughs> How expressive he's able to be with that plastic with that face on. yeah. And yet he's still so expressive. He goes from angry to kind of that patronizing smile. He's, when they let him be playful and sarcastic, it's so, so fun. Yeah. That, again, I think is why I like this episode. Even though it did a lot and it maybe didn't sit inside of the story elements I was more curious about. Mm. Um, I It's a very filled out world. This isn't, an episode yeah. where we have a crew of six that we're watching with some extras in the background. This is an entire space station, yeah. multiple levels, you know, different kinds of things going on. And uh, it's not we- just Starfleet as well. There's like yeah. civilians and the Bajorans and Odo isn't even in Starfleet. And I don't quite understand all of that. I don't need to entirely, but I, I do like dipping back into that world and what a strange what a strange episode to do, but it was definitely unconventional love. I loved. Yeah, you have Absolutely a takes those you boxes. have a man who is tending to the needs of the woman carrying his child by giving massage and and mm-hmm. wrestling with emotions. You have her also wrestling with emotions, but still wanting to do her job. You have the wife that's delightfully oblivious and wanting to make sure that her child is cared for. All of that very unconventional, very loving, mm-hmm. and then you have all of the ways that the wharf Jadzia. Godzilla and Quark person. No, Grilza. Grilka. Yep. I totally was about to get there on my own. Yeah, uh, I believe you. Grillzilla. Grizzled. <laughs> Godzilla? Yes, Godzilla is in this episode. Um, That was very unconventional. Uh, And I thought this was this was perfect. This was really, really great. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's I I'm I'm over the moon that you enjoyed it. I was almost dreading this review. It was uncomfortable. The the first half of the episode cuz it's like it's so uncomfortable cuz you have you have like Worf lusting and being massively racist to Worf Quark. You have like arguments with O'Brien and um and Kira and Bashir being a bit creepy and there's like just lots of fluff that happens. But when you get to the meat and potatoes of it 
like the second half of the episode. I'm like, damn it, they're actually doing some really interesting things here about intercultural relationships and how those traditions mesh and just the, how many different types of relationships you can have. Like Odo sums it up really well. He says, well, what do you, what, what family member are you? Sister, daughter, cousin, like you're saying family member, but what are you, what type of love are you nailing down right now? Which and is that's okay. kind and, of the crux of the episode. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that it forced her to kind of go, I'm not really trying to figure that out. And they didn't yeah. go there where she's not trying to start a relationship with O'Brien or, you know, but, but at the same time, I started this episode thinking that they were all in a mutual relationship. Yes. That's what I thought because I'm it dropped into the middle of nowhere. things so much. So I, I, the next I, series of Star Trek needs a thruple. <laughs> I, I thought we had two thruple stories going on. Yes. Going on at once. I thought we had Incredible. the start of a thruple request from Worf as he wrestled with wanting to be with a full-on Klingon uh -huh. woman. And then I thought I had an existing thruple where when they're, we start the episode with, you know, Dr. Dude eavesdropping in, and I, I thought that it was like mm -hmm. the thruples having trouble because so we're going to work it out. Yeah. Troubling thruple them. But then I was like, oh, no, no, no. This is a surrogacy situation. And they're just yeah. surprised by their emotions too because this, it reveals itself. So mm -hmm. it's always kind of interesting to drop into the middle of something without a lot of context yeah. i highly recommend it i'm kind of glad you didn't tell me because it really made it an interesting <laughs> <laughs> i should i should just not give you any precursors ever again just let you just go into the episode and what will be will be that's it um yeah it's fascinating overall i ended up liking this a lot more as well mm. um any other points before we do some pipping and then uh, into some scenes uh i i think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about an epic the epic battles of this one oh um, of course and the vr headset thing virtual very fighter. sinful I'm, I'm ready to talk <laughs> about that in the sins but yeah um the 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 crux of this story really comes down to quark is going to die by the hands of a warrior klingon and so mm -hmm. um Worf decides to hook himself up through this remote <coughs> device and essentially be able to take over Quark's body. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's his, it's not his mind and his word. That's just his body because Quark is able to talk just for himself. Just his body. Yeah. Results in a it's, hilarious scene at the so end. So hilarious. He, it was so funny. <laughs> I guess I'm going to pick up this sword now. now and pick and up your sword. Hand it to you. <laughs> and give it to you. It's so funny. So he plays funny. that off so well. But the funny thing for me about that scene as well like the whole battle thing is that it reminded me of the battle in tos this highly telegraphed super slow entirely awkward oh, the bar fight yeah yeah like this is one of those where if we're gonna if we ever do a series on fights or if anyone's trying to keep track of i'm gonna show my friend a whole bunch of weird fight ones please put yeah. this one in there um make him watch awkward love and an awkward fight <laughs> Yep. Because that was really, it was super telegraphed, so slow. Um, but we had seen it, we'd seen many different kinds of fights. There was the wharf controlled fight at the end, which is, the, you know, the stakes are high, people could die mm -hmm. kind of fight. But then there was all the fighting that was happening in the um, hologra holographical place. Holo suite, actually. It's the hollow suite on Deep Space Nine. <clears throat> that makes it sound bigger. even more. Sticky. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, Quark is selling sex dungeons. Yeah, why? One hundred percent. It's pleasure dome. Why is it yeah. called a suite? Because they're bigger. It's it's branding. It's the most Ferengi thing you could do. They're hollow suites. Holodeck sounds really military. He changes the name to hollow suite. Okay. 
Because you would think size wouldn't matter, but it, it does on a hollow deck suite. Okay, I got it. I would think a deck would be bigger, but decks come Fair. in all sizes, so. Fair. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, you're right with the battle, and this was, it's only something I've realized as I've watched um, uh, Star Trek in my um, adult years, is how slow the battle fights are. It's just this slow swing, Ching. defend, Ching. swing, and Ching. block, and turn. Ching. However, I will take that over a thousand cuts a minute every day. Like, I buy the believability of this unique way of fighting that's much more about power. Like, there is technique, but it is about brute force. And we assume that, like, with, like, martial arts and stuff, it's speed and it's blocks and it's all of that. It's a thousand cuts a second, which looks impressive if you can do it right, but most movies don't do it right because they cut too much. Mm -hmm. But with Klingons, it's much more about raw body power and where you put that stuff and yes the moves might be more telegraphed but they they absolutely pack a hit like you break through someone's defenses quark should be dead because although he has Worf's technique he's still a weak little ferengi yeah yeah um i mean the the episode tries to say that you're making like you almost pull my arm out like he can kind of push his brute force yeah. through what his body is is able to do I don't there the other thing that I, I was just thinking about was when they were on the holodeck and he misses, like Quark misses, and he mm-hmm. almost gets hit by the uh his opponent, and then Jadzia is like, Quark, you gotta go, uh, uh and it was just yeah. so it, we got to kind of see how you're supposed to use this weapon, and then we get to yeah. see like the, the kind of clever cuts back and forth when Worf takes over Quark's body and he's like just casually flipping this bat lift but quark is selling it the the actor is just oh, selling it it's so really, fun his to watch. arms look disconnected from his <laughs> face and the rest of his body yeah. it's like, that's wolf doing it and i think it's the eye contact because wolf is like really focused and quark's just like uh-huh yeah i'm doing this i'm <laughs> yeah. doing this let's go <laughs> yes exactly it was delightful so fun. um I really, really enjoyed the fighting. And the, you're right, it is slower and potentially more intentional because of design of of how the Klingons fight. I, as you, far more used to these fast-paced martial arts John Wick shit that we see. But mm-hmm. this is... And John Wick is one of the better examples. Like I'm all thinking like Marvel. Whenever, to hide the fact that you have these actors doing everything, they hide it with all of the cuts and whatnot. Yeah. Which is But it was really delightful to kind of watch and go, wow, okay, how do you yeah. get into it's it's sort of like storytelling has changed if you have mm-hmm. a fast-paced battle you your adrenaline is going because you're watching the series and it's almost like you can't stop and think but the clever like the storytelling and the cleverness of a slower battle you think more about it you have time to yeah. kind of stop and watch and see how they're standing or their expressions when they're just face to face with each other yeah. and i know we're watching something where you've got these actors who they really can't be doing much more than what they're doing on scene like no. these are not trained professional i think michael acrobat. dawn does an incredible job whenever he handles but a bat that's what i'm saying is he it, is musical watching wharf telegraphed in the adjacent room made my heart sing <laughs> i was so happy i got to see my wharf yeah you did my beloved character in a in a different space i'm not used to seeing him on deep space nine so that was fun in and of itself in a red uniform He's in a red uniform. He's fighting. He's hanging out with new people. He's wrestling with his past. He's attracted to a woman. And 
He's singing opera. Like this was a great episode. Yeah. I loved this episode. Oh, I'm so glad. I really, I, I didn't have, I, I had reserved expectations about how you would feel about it. But yeah, I, I think we agree. The back half saves the front half. Um, I'm glad you had a good time. Um, for me, overall, I was ready to give this like a two pips, but I think it's a three. I think mm. it deserves three pips for the just the complexity of the different relationships it's trying to show the the humor and the drama that comes with it i just it's a weird one you could throw away this episode but i actually think it's kind of good now that's so weird i've been on a journey today <laughs> let me just not say ready this. to like this while watching the episode it was very awkward because i did not yes. know where they were going to go by the yes. end of the episode i liked where it landed it felt like it was i like that they didn't push the O'Brien Kira thing, and I like that. Oh, could you imagine if there'd been a kiss? It would have changed. Oh, I would have hated everything. it. Yeah, I it would have hated been, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because at that point, it's really clear that you're starting up an actual affair, which is different than having a open conversation about exactly. love. They're very, very different. Yeah, totally different. So then, you, then you also have like the beginning of Jadzia and Worf and this wrestle with tradition versus who I really am. Like, mm -hmm. I can't be traditional. I'm not allowed to be traditional. I'm not even welcome in my tradition. So I have to be yeah. non-traditional. So that's a really interesting kind of uh, thought. And then, of course, and Quark. This is such a fun Quark episode because he is wanting to acquire something that is very dangerous. And I think the mm -hmm. only reason I'm going to go three, three and a half-ish pips instead of four is because... I think that this show did a disservice by not showing us what happens with them next. So knowing that this doesn't go anywhere pisses mm -hmm. me off because yeah. how fun would it be if I there was it. a way for her to take Quark back and like have this master. Oh my goodness. Like, like that sounds like a great thing. It would be great. And I, yeah, I actually kind of agree. And I think you'll find this when we do more Quark episodes. He, the, the Ferengi episode, some people throw them away, but I think they are incredible. There are some really, really good ones. Armin Shimmerman is just a gift to Deep Space Nine. It might be, it's it's such a strong cast. It's so good. I didn't do any predictions this episode, and I'm glad I didn't because I had nothing mm. in my brain. When you told me about like, okay, here's the backstory heading into this one. It's like it cleared everything out of my head. <laughs> just vaporized I was like, it well, I guess I know Quark's going to be in this episode. So I really didn't have any predictions on, on yeah. this one. But I, there's no way that I could have, maybe I could. Oh, no. I don't, I don't think I could have predicted Klingon sex. I think you would have predicted Klingon Maybe. sex. Yeah. I, I, I see I see someone's face being scratched by three marks. Like, that would have freaked you yeah, out. Yeah, you would have absolutely done it. You oh. see crimping, hair crimping is what you'd see. <laughs> oh, my God. And I got to see Worf's hair down. Half, you did. Half down, half Tussled. up. Like, oh, yep. my God. Were you just so ready sexy. to pounce on him yourself? Yeah. so sexy. Oh, my God. Michael Dawn is quite a man. That's amazing. Okay, with that, let's head over to engineering for some sins. Battle stations, everyone, red alert. Warning, warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Ambassador, you can go first. Oh, thank you. I think, I think I'm about to answer my own question. I've had enough time to process this sin that I, I mm -hmm. might I might be undoing okay. it. Interesting. So many sins in it though. So let's explore. Worth okay, taking over go. Quark's body. This is such crazy bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean Okay, but hold on, hold I, on. Let okay, me okay, let me go explain. On, go on. I could Worf see 
Because he was on yeah. a holodeck. So he had uh-huh. this thing on his shoulders. But did that mean that he could see what was going yeah, on? Yeah, I think the little nubs on the top were projecting the were projecting his opponent. Okay. Because we don't see the projection no. next door. So I'm assuming it's all to do with that VR headset, essentially. Okay. It has to be. Because we're left to assume that, though. There, there wasn't a moment... Yeah, we never yeah. prove that Worf sees his opponent, no. Because they... And that's the thing that bothered me the most is this could there's no way that this works if he can't see his opponent and he's just of course of course there has to be a way like throw on some sort of cg that make his eyes zappy or like we yeah like the game when like they do the yeah, game and the, like the thing game. like projects yeah it's basically a reverse headset from the game so i can kind of buy it we have vr headsets like this is just and we have like brain brain muscle neural interfaces that are on the cusp now where people can control a prosthetic arm using their brain so i i get that in 300 years that technology or a species out there has also developed the technology this may not be federation technology but there's something out there that can let you do that it's such a specific application though like it's so specific what else would you use this for there's even just a slight moment where when the device clicks on that he rubs his eyes and then he's like he nods just some kind of an acknowledgement that this is also something he can see because yeah he, they're not allowed in the room so he i don't know then i when i realized that they were in a holodeck or i think that they were in a holodeck themselves yeah they are yeah because that's I, one of my sins i then thought oh maybe somehow the room the adjacent room is being conveyed into their room and so they're seeing the opponents in this sort of like yeah it was very confusing. It wouldn't have been too hard. I guess it would. It's it, budget things are hard to work out, but it wouldn't have been hard to like replicate everything in that room into the room that Worf and Jadzia are in. So they're interacting with everything in real time, so they can see everything, but as projections. Yeah. But that, and but then you'd need like the physicality for Worf to know. fight against as well. Like it- that's what I would see is the 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 Worf. When he connects, when Quark connects with the other guy, Wolf can't feel that physical connection. How does he know how to stop? Unless he can. Yeah, how does he know when to stop? And how does that not throw them out of sync? Like, what should have happened is that Quark's elbows should have been separated from his forearms after the first impact when Wolf carried on and Quark couldn't. It (laughs) was... like bone just snapped out of his skin. And and then why, why have this device be so flimsy that he can just <laughs> brush it with a skip and just the nubbin pops off he just flicks it like stop showing off it's like i'm not showing off it so was a, funny i i don't know that was very uh yeah there's a lot to a yeah. lot to answer there yeah um mine was while we're on the holodeck situation mine's such a silly one but it always bugs me the holodeck door when court comes in does a and it, it has the federation sound effect for the door opening this is a cardassian space station like this so, like the replicator makes a different noise the com panels make a different noise the computer has a different voice they go to so much effort to make this a cardassian station i have to sin it when you accidentally leave a starfleet sound effect in there these doors should sound different wow yep go on i know you've got it somewhere no, no, that's a totally legit sin. Because yeah. doors can't make different sounds. Or they have to make different sounds. They okay. have to make different sounds. They have to. Yeah. Your turn, Ambassador. 
Um, there's no way Worf didn't hear Quark coming in. Speaking of door sounds, well, he's in there singing his heart out. He's got his music blaring, but it's uh, in you that... underestimate how loud Klingons play opera. Well, yeah, but he's in that room and he's like, he's it goes in like a down I've... moment. There's a downbeat. There's like a moment. If I, I could hear it, he to... could hear it. He's a fucking Klingon warrior, and I think he's probably a proud one too. And might not want people to know that he sings opera. I don't know. Oh, I think he sings that with pride. I don't think he cares. Like okay. he didn't seem embarrassed at all. He was great. My you my literal bro- notes in that section mm-hmm. was opera. Yes, Worf is singing. Oh my god, <laughs> my day girl. is complete. I am so and happy. He does like the high bit, and then he goes low. It's so good, Melota. So good. Um, I uh, what was my other one? Okay, this I this is where <laughs> this is this is Quark. And Grilka is complaining about how bad the war has been for her house and how she's lost land and soldiers. Mm-hmm. And Cork just stares directly at the camera and says, war, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing, if you ask me. I'm like, <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> like, imagine that, that would never happen in TNG. And it's just like, you can tell that this is, this is the Star Trek That's writers being playful, taking uh-huh. themselves less seriously. I was like, you Ron just Mary quoted Edwin dead, right? Star. Like he is yeah. passed on at this point. He's gone by this point, and it's so obvious. It's so, yeah, so I was thinking that, because <laughs> when that happened, I thought, oh, dear. I looked over, and you were just, like, furiously writing a sin, and I was like, oh, yeah, that oh, pissed him off. But also, he knows there's what he's just doing. so much, like, innuendo sex chat here. So, again, the writers are just, they're having fun uh-huh. on this one. It's, it's really interesting. It's really fun. And it's not the only time that Cork will do this as well. He, the most mind-bending one is when in a later episode that I don't know that we'll ever watch, he takes a quote from Picard. He does the this line no further speech, but he does it based on like workers' rights because he doesn't want to give his employees like any rights. And he's like, if we start here, then this is what happens, and then this is what happens, and it's the end of Ferengi civilization. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. I'm like oh you can't God. know that he said that. Oh no! But it's beautiful. It's so good at the same time. Wow! I, mean, yeah, it's I would sin the heck out of that. It's fun, but I'd sin it. Um, I'm gonna sin that there was nothing to come from Cork knowing about the financial records of this. Like, there is yeah, no way he wouldn't nowhere. exploit that. In fact, I was a little disappointed because there's he gives this look. Whenever he gets access to her records at the beginning, she's uh, he, he you know he's asking, "Are you here for business or pleasure?" And then he offers like the financial rack. She says, "If it pleases you." And I was thinking, they know something about each other here, and they have. She knows that coming here, she was going to be able to get help from Quark, and yeah. Quark has now been given access to this stuff, and he is so happy, like. He Honestly, has this little look I, in his face like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be really fun. But then it turns into a sex episode, which is great. That's fine. I, I don't mind that. And that's what it comes down to. I think his boner is happy. I think he's like, <laughs> oh, she's let it. I can prove myself. Oh, okay. I'm in with a chance. Like, so you're saying there's a chance. Is yeah, basically. Maybe. I don't know. It, but- like, he's basically said, can I buy you a drink? And she said, yeah, you can buy me a drink and maybe I dinner. Guess. Like, that's the equivalent for a Ferengi. He's offering to do her financial books. That's big for a Ferengi. That's like that's that's love super language. Happy. Literally, their love language is it. money. Like he's gonna. He does say that she's worth all the latinum in the world, though, and that's really mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, anyway, I think sweet. that's about the nicest thing a Ferengi can say to you. Probably so. Um, my next one was poor Morn. So Morn is the alien that sat at the bar, and he's one of the. 
best characters in Deep Space Nine. Um, he's always at the bar. He's usually got like a beautiful woman on his arm. There's a running gag that he's always talking, although we never hear him say a line. Um, he's just the bar staple that's always there. And then Wolf just yeets him out of his seat. What did he, like, he says right before he does it too? He's like, I'll, I'll make apologize. it up. I'll apologize for this later. Yeah. And just <laughs> throws him off the seat. It's so bad. This is my chair. It's like, no, it's not. That's Morn's chair. Morn is always there. So that's just, and this is like, he's a, he's a commander. He is high up on the station. Like, you are in uniform, Wharf. At least wear your civvies and then do it. Like, somebody from Starfleet just attacked a civilian in a public place. No one does anything either. Nothing happens. Yeah, no one does. Chad is saying that Morm is Norm from Cheers. Yeah, it was meant to be a play on the character from Cheers. Yeah. Okay, that's that's cute. It's really clever. Really, really fun. Um, I am going to send Ian uh on this episode of, of Captain's Pod because what? Um the first time that I'm trying to clue into like so so put yourself in my shoes. Okay. O'Brien goes to the doctor for herbs or something. Um, and the doctor's giving him shit about fighting and and he's saying something about I don't know who Kira is, I don't know who Keiko is, I I just mm-hmm. know O'Brien. And so they're talking about Kira and Keiko, and and uh, there's some kind of insinuation that O'Brien's testing her meds, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And then all of a sudden, O'Brien shifts to I saw a rash on the back of the thighs, helping her out of the tub. And then mm-hmm. the doctor is like, did you look? Did you look? Did you see mm-hmm. some what you like? Blah blah blah. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And then. I was like, how does Keiko feel about helping Kira out of the tub? And I'm literally so confused so lost. on this relationship. And I'm like, is this just like a super mature thruple going on? And the doctor's like, Keiko and Kira, but you know, you looked, you definitely looked. And I wrote this in my notes in all caps. What the fuck am I watching? And why didn't Ian give me any backstory to the situation? This is the love story that I want to know about. And that is... Again, just a nice to little sin fair, on you. A little sin fair, on you. Totally okay. fair. Totally fair. However, I did not remember that B-plot. I remember that this is Dax and Wolf getting together. I remember Grilka and Quark. I compl- I remember the Keiko... I remember the Kira and O'Brien thing happening, but I did not know it was in this episode. Totally, totally forgot about that. So yeah, I apologize. That was some crucial context that you probably would have needed and then forgotten about. <laughs> But then we'll just go ahead and send me because my notes on Morn or whatever his name is. Morn. Yeah. Is, um, quote, the mud guy licks his lips and wants more to drink. <laughs> yes. I called him the mud guy. The mu- that's racist. Come he on. The mud guy. He looked That's like, just looked his complexion. Like a, no, he looked very clay-like. Like rock. Yeah. He's got a very rubber face. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. I love Morn. He's so funny. My, I think this is my last sin was the moment when um, Keiko comes in to the massaging situation with Kira's clothing and holds up heels, healed boots and says, I added some insoles or someone did and that means they're better. You know what makes them better? Remove the heels. (laughs) There is nothing that makes a heel better. Now, Yeah, I don't care how good that insole is. She's a different species, so... Elastin oh, might not maybe be her feet, a thing. Maybe her feet actually are shaped like that. 
that's that's why it could be yeah yeah that makes she sense. could have a different shape or or so like in a human's body you know in a for a female a biological female body when you're pregnant all of the you're you're flooded with elastin it, it all of a sudden makes you stretchier which is why they say to be very careful with working out and wearing high heel shoes and stretching uh this is why the quote unquote feet grow during pregnancy it's actually that the your the elastin the relaxin that floods your body it's all it's relaxin not elastin but the relaxin it impacts the anyway it makes you stretchy mm-hmm. how many times have have i mean heels alone i would sin and that would uh-huh. be the standing sin because i don't know about the bajoran chemical makeup bajoran mm-hmm. did I get it right? yep. yeah you know it so i can't necessarily do that because i don't know anything about that but i do know that i'll sin a heel I will always send a heel. Good. Uh, I completely agree with you. It's it's crazy. It's bizarre. Never liked him. Um, <laughs> I This is my, my last sin. O'Brien just sampling things he shouldn't sample. Like, he gets like the sleep mask that's supposed to cure sneezing. What does he do? He takes a big drag on that thing. I'm like, you don't know what that does to humans. Like, stop it. Also, why are stop we curing sneezing? Well, it's like, it's their version of morning sickness. So she, oh. it's keeping her up at night. Like, she is sneezing pathologically like oh, okay unstoppable sneezing so yeah it's to it's to negate that <laughs> but o'brien quit it and i just think it's it, the whole i bet you looked thing for an episode that's kind of progressive about a lot of stuff that felt a little bit like childish like i bet you looked i bet you looked when she got out of the tub i bet you looked <laughs> yeah, i bet you looked i was like eh, boys stop Do- it and that's the weird thing too it's like he's a doctor shut the fuck up exactly like, yeah he's acting like biologically it's fun to look it's like yeah, a doctor like, I mean, has Brian, seen everything the, it is it what is, does that say about you bashir yeah is that his name are you looking yeah dr bashir are you looking inappropriately i feel like something has happened and i want to tell you about it. i think it's important all of the anger that i have experienced for jadzia has shifted p- to bashir fair yeah yeah I, that i really understand especially the first i think three seasons of bashir Almost makes me not want to watch Deep Space Nine. He literally he's such a creep. He starts off by listening in the doorways, and then yeah. he's like egging on his best friend to look at another woman's in her like in her s- sacred space. Like yeah. she's bathing, she's feeling comfortable, and it's like go ahead and look as if a doctor hasn't seen it all. Like I, I mean, I used so I used to be a full time massage therapist. That was that was my career, and one of the things that always was a was a potential topic of conversation and happened with clients many times is their comfortability with being naked and so when that conversation would happen or when we would talk about the comfortability of whatever level you wanted to derobe to to experience your massage i was very adamant like this is just i'm not i'm a professional it's just Mm -hmm. tissue i am i am working on your tissue it so like a doctor any doctor that sort of breaks into or any professional that breaks that for me it feels weird because it happens in real life all the time like there's just predatorial assholes but he's definitely giving that vibe Mm -hmm. it's weird and i get it's like they're buddies they're best friends they have a geordie data relationship eventually so i guess there's that element to it but it's yeah it's it's creep factor super duper creepy i hate him um any other scenes before we go and announce next week's episode I don't think I have anything else. I think I think we need to end on the bad guy Bashir. 
Yeah. What a dick. Scroobashir. He gets better. He does get better, but that's a low bar. Listen, we can't keep doing this where you show me something entirely inappropriate and then you're like, no, but he's actually okay. And we're going to... I'm just... I'm showing both sides. He genuinely is. Like, he is an interesting character. He has not done well in the first few seasons. For sure. What a dick. What a dick. Okay. Well, interestingly, how... I I guess the most important question that everyone's going to be thinking, and I don't know if we can actually answer it based on this episode... I get the impression you're warming to Jadzia. What mm. are your thoughts on her? how has that evolved? Not that, like I said, I don't think this episode gives you much to work on. Yeah, this um, I'm very. I was very nervous watching Jadzia. I I like I said, I really liked her character when I thought that they were already together, and then as yeah. that changed, I kind of see her more in like this. I don't know. I don't know. She's she's obviously very powerful and she's very knowledgeable mm-hmm. and she speaks Klingon like a star and yes. she clearly wants Worf and in his most vulnerable moment she goes after him. I don't know if I respect that. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But also Klingons. Yeah. Different like he standards. Has a choice. It's not like he doesn't have a, he has a choice. He, yeah, he, he can, can absolutely say he, no. He yeah. could have said no. He could have said you're saying these words, but don't do you know what it means? Instead, it seems like in the heat and the battle of the moment. But like he's in his most vulnerable sort of mm-hmm. like he's in love with God Grilza and Quark. <sighs> you know, he's like taking his best knowledge in in even his power and his his battle, and he's using it to get the lady she wants. And then Jadzia's like, "I got your boots, baby. Let me let me distract you." And at the end of the episode, he's just like. <laughs> you're right yeah yeah your sex definitely distracted me from my pain <laughs> and then the, the show ends do yeah. i like Jadzia? like i've always said i am not opposed to liking a character i'm yeah. just gonna go off of what i've seen this definitely warmed me to her character and i i am not opposed to watching more Jadzia. um bashir can can kiss my can ass absolutely yeah go out there so now look. now absolutely. our beloved audience can be upset that i don't like another beloved character <laughs> And you can no, send in your be... frustrations about that. <laughs> no, I think they'll absolutely support you on the Bashir front. Okay, everyone, we're going to have one more episode in our unconventional love series because I'm so excited to get into the time travel stuff. You've already all sent in some incredible time travel episodes. There is one clear winner so far. And it's, the, it's of, a salamander episode. It. It's not that. Fortunately, there is no time travel technically in that one so um yeah one more uh, un- un- unconventional love episode and then some time travel next week we are going to be much as we started we will be finishing with a q episode and this is cupid from tng cupid rhymes with stupid so this is season four episode 20 cupid so we're starting with q inspiring some love we are ending with Q inspiring some love. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, no, no. Save it. Save Wait. it for next week. Save it. Save it for next week. <laughs> and yes, this is technically a follow-up to a different episode of TNG, but I'll explain all of that next week. Are you gonna, then, wait, hold on. Are you going to explain what? the parts that matter or the parts that don't matter nope. that the episode? Explain, explain the bits that don't matter at all. Complain something completely. Explain something completely irrelevant that doesn't matter. Until next week. Hey, you can get in touch with us. Go to uh, Twitter slash X at CaptainsPodCS. Send us an email, CaptainsPod at CinemaSins.com. Join the Discord, um, the CinemaSins Discord, which has a Star Trek channel on it to interact with all of us and have a jolly good time. It's uh, discord.gg slash CinemaSins. 
Um, yeah, keep sending your time travel episodes. You guys are the best. I'm Captain Ian, and I'm off to find some kelp of discontent. <gasps> That's the one that I was going to say. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it's, Just apologize um, for this later. God damn it. I should have known that you're going to pick the kelp one. <laughs> and it's I'm surrounded by corpses and shoes dripping in blood. This is romantic from me. <laughs> Amazing. Live long in Podspa. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Oh, Danae, it's time for Captain's Pod. I know, Calendar. I fucking know! Sure, I told you to remind me many times so that I wouldn't be late, but now you can, now you can be quiet because I'm here. Hello? Can you hear me? Wait, can you don't even have your okay shit uh your headphones aren't even you're walking away deep space nine looking for deep what's the title of the show today deep space looking for parmok in all the wrong places exclamation points that doesn't tell me what season it is what 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 season is it what um winter i think wow (laughs) are you laughing so hard you're gonna choke on your food there are not any exclamation points in the title of this one and then there's exclamation points in the title of it on captain's pod live start trek deep space nine looking for parmok in all the wrong places also parmok is capitalized on the show title but it's not capitalized in our title so clearly we got some strange and the the m the m is capitalized on ours but it's not capitalized on theirs um and, so they... and the in is also capitalized on theirs but not on ours well on mine it's completely different to what you just said the p and the m are capitalized but the in isn't but on the, paramount the... plus I'm par- well i'm on netflix because streaming is weird internationally um but yeah the correct klingon is small p capital m pah mah <laughs> I have a new game I'm playing. I think I tried to tell you about it, but you're busy, you know, and to tell you about it right now since we're obviously not talking about anything specific before the show. It's this. No, I did. I, did, I told you the title of it because I had to look it up. Did you? Yeah, did like you, the, the cat puzzle game. The Divine Co. Did you? No, did I you, haven't. What's, what's it called again? Divine Co. D I V I N E K O. Whatever. We played Lost Ark together last year for a little bit to test it yeah. out. And. That's an example of a game that just gives you everything all at once and barely so any explanation. Yeah. So com- and then just when you think, like, you, we were like 60 hours into the game and it introduces this entire new way of playing and this complete other layer. Like, this game has hundreds of hours. It's so dense and complex. And then I fucked it up. You did fuck it up, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, podcast listener, if Ian has chosen to include this particular part, you can email us to find out more information. How did Ian yeah. fuck it up at cinemasins.com? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to make that email address oh, now. Shit. you got to do it. Tie Are it into the captain's pod. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. I'm going to include it now so that you have to do some work. I'm just wondering, should I have the email sent to me so I can answer the question, or should I have it sent to you? Oh, I'd much rather it was sent to you. So I'm going to send it to you then. Okay, great. Great, great, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you want to know some of the ones that uh, Aaron has? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Is this what we want to spend our time on? Do it. Okay. Uh, he has Pixar Didn't Happen, 
email names, merch ideas. That should actually go to me. Fascinating. Your porn story. Oh, no. What? Dick, dick, dick pic, which is D- the oh, D-I-K, the, D-I-K. The yeah, I remember and, that. And how stairs work. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Spot, Starlight 12, 22, 34.1. Welcome aboard the Starship. Why was that so funny? (laughs) It just sounded, now that I know what Kirk sounds like, that sounded even funnier. (laughs) Captain's part, Stardate, 12, 22. Oh, see, but now you're like really emphasizing it. Oh, okay. Too much? Okay, too much. Too much Kirk. Before it was, was it natural or was it That was natural. That was my natural delivery. I wasn't trying to do Kirk. Damn it. Unique New York. Welcome to Turn Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and show our immediate thoughts and feelings from the shift. Okay, so we've got some questions, some first updates on dogs, cats, or fish. <laughs> oh my God, like what What a journey we're on. Because I have had dogs, cat, and fat fish situations. Really? All this week? No, I mean like, since, like on this oh, show, we've talked yes. about all of those. I, if someone was to watch the show for the first time, they would think I have a problem with animals, and then I'm like, wait, do I? You do. You do. <laughs> You do have a problem with animals. You stole a dog, you killed a fish, and you're stealing a cat. I do not believe that kids are one when they start walking. One? That's like, do you know how young that is? That's that's like 12 months old. That's barely a year. It's so little. Okay, I could tell you the day that Iris took her first steps, if you give me a minute. Where have they got to walk to? Where have they got to be? <laughs> that is not what it's about. Moopsie versus Quark being controlled by Worf. Oh, shit. Oh, that's a win-win because Worf's just like, either way, <laughs> I'm safe. I think it's probably Moopsie. Moopsie, because Moopsie just goes for the ears immediately yeah. and then Quark is just squealing. Shh. Heck. Check. <laughs> what is wrong with me? There are some people that should not have a professional-grade microphone, and I think I'm one of them. 